this morning, uh, I'd like to visit with you a little bit. I, I don't know how far I'll get. I don't know. I, I hope I'll get to the end of it. But if not, maybe next week we'll pick it back up or whatever. Um, but I want to talk to you about a few faithful servants of God. Faithful servants. Um, what is a faithful servant? Anybody want to make a suggestion? A faithful servant. Yes. Obey and do God's will. That is, that is, that is a faithful servant. Yes. Uh, ultimately, that is, that's the bottom line of it. Uh, anybody have another suggestion? Or say it a different way or whatever? Dependable when it comes to things of God. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, anybody else? Yes. Okay. All right. Anybody else? Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. I, I, I like, yes, sister. Yes, yes, yes. No, 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 please, please, please. Because you might have that little word that I'm looking for. Okay. Okay. All right. We're getting close there. Yes. Be, be, because I'm looking for a word like pain. Or difficulty. So you said it well and you said it right. Because you said all circumstances, for example, uh, 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 obeying him and, and so on and so forth. So that, that is included in all circumstances. The painful things are included also. But I wanted it expressed like that. Because most of the people that are supposed to be faithful to the Lord are, are thinking that they are faithful to the Lord or... Uh, other people are thinking they are faithful to the Lord. When the pain comes in, that makes it a different story. Okay? So, yes. Faithful unto death. Yes. Um, yes. And, 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 and that's a good way of saying it. And, and, you know, sometimes I wonder if it is more, if it's easier to be faithful to the death or if it's more difficult to be faithful in life when there is pain. Sometimes the death is an easy, is an easy way out. I'm not, I'm not done on you. I just want to express it a little bit. Uh, because many of us are afraid to die. Right? I'm not afraid to die. In any, in any way. I'm a little bit worried about how I'm going to die. If they go finger by finger. Or, you know, inch by inch. Four inches, foot by foot. Or, or what? That is the part that, that worries me a little bit. But dying itself, you know, just take that gun and, you know, put one in my head and I'm done and I'm, I'm going home. Uh, if it's, I, I, I don't want somebody to put a, a gun to my head just because I upset them or I was ugly to them. No, no, no. For the gospel's sake. That's the only way. That's the only way. For the gospel's sake. So, uh, but sometimes when things are difficult... Uh, maybe our income depends on it. Our life depends on it. Our family depends on it. <clears throat> then sometimes we are a little bit more hesitant to stand up for what we know is right. So I want to give you a couple of examples and, 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 and let you know that God is faithful. God is faithful. I'm giving you uh, a few examples of some who 
for the most part, survived it. One got killed for his faith, and the others, you know, survived, but through very difficult situations, and they stood up when the odds are totally against them, 100% against them, 100% except for God. (laughs) (laughs) God changes the whole picture. (laughs) He changes the whole picture. So uh, let us look at Philippians chapter 1, verses 12 through 14. I think that's all I'm going to look at. I had planned to go 19 through 21 as well. But 12 through 14 gives us enough of a picture to, to, to go on. Then I, I, I will go to the book of Daniel afterwards. But I want you to know, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually, that they would actually give something away, turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So this is the situation. The, 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 the brethren that he's talking about, that he's writing to there, they are thinking, okay, that's the end of Paul's ministry. They put him in prison now, so we'll probably never hear from him again, and and he's, he's done. And he's writing to them to encourage them to say, hey, listen, you thought it was going to be done with. You thought maybe they got me now, and they're going to shut me up, and they're going to make me quiet and stuff like that. Nothing is further from the truth. And he says that this difficult circumstance has actually worked out for the better. I had never thought I was going to share the gospel and expand the kingdom of God in such a place or during such circumstances. And I, I myself thought, oh, this might be difficult. But it has worked out in God's faithfulness and in God's power. It has worked out for the better. We found now a whole new way of expanding the, king, the kingdom of God. So, and then he goes on to say, the furtherance of the gospel, so that it has become evident to the whole palace God and to all the rest that my chains in Christ, uh, 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 okay, he goes on, and most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, I'm much more bold to speak the word without fear. So, uh, back to 13 for just a second, and he says, so it has become evident, the whole palace guard, everybody, all my guards that are with me, that are guarding me, and, you know, I, I say this when I talk about this situation with Paul, I say this often so, but I, I, I want everybody to get the perspective that Paul had. We, when we're thinking of, about Paul, that he, he, he was chained to a soldier, or sometimes between two soldiers, we're thinking, poor Paul, he, he, he's chained to a soldier. Paul had a completely different perspective. He says, poor soldier, he's chained to me. That poor soldier, has, now he has a captive audience. And he can share with wherever he goes. <laughs> he shares with the soldier. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> you, you're, you're, you know, we're tied together, brother. <laughs> uh, and many of the guard of the palace... Uh, came to the Lord. He is now known throughout the palace. And it was not like he was an obnoxious sort of a guy. He shared the gospel with them because he loved them. And God had put great love in his heart for them that he was not going to squander the opportunity to share the gospel like we so often do when things are difficult. Yes? Can you relate to that? Uh, yes. So, no shame on you. No shame on you. I'm not a, a shame maker. 
My, my ministry is the opposite. I'm an encourager. So <clears throat> when we find ourselves here, and we feel, ah, we should have been here, I'm saying, no worries. If you just go with God, he'll take you over here. That's not a problem for God. Okay? So just, just yield to him. Go with him, and he'll take you places. Sometimes when we read the scriptures, the scriptures are, you say, I can't do that. You're right. You can't do it. <laughs> the Holy Spirit can. And he'll take you places. Part of what I was sharing yesterday at a marriage uh, seminar was something that I've shared here before and have shared on many occasions uh, in one form or another, is that I believe that most Christians, certainly by far the most Christians that I'm familiar with, that I know personally, settle for here when God wants them to be there. They settle. Um, you know, I tell sometimes I tell the young people, you know, beautiful girls that they are, Phoebe and Kayla and Hannah and Gracie, and I tell people like that, I say, sister, you are beautiful. Thank you. And she thanked me. So, hey, and, and that's, that's appropriate. Yes, you're beautiful. So I'm saying to you, don't settle for no joker. Don't settle. Oh, hey, thank you. Thank you. Guys, handsome dudes, yes, smart and sharp, godly guys, don't settle. Don't settle. Um, you know, there is a, 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 a message that has to do with being unequally yoked. You know where that comes from? That it comes from an oxen, an ox, and a a donkey, which in the King James they call an ass, are under the same yoke. Okay? And the donkey is going too slow, and rather than going to a straight line, you know, they always go like this. And so I tell the young women, listen, you don't want to be unequally yoked. You don't want an ass in your yoke. Okay? Don't, don't get one like that in your yoke. Don't settle, folks. And I feel like we are settling so often for a whole lot less, a whole lot less than God has for us. He has a lot for us. i just give you a couple of verses that have to do with, with that, that Jesus says, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So this is, people call it the abundant life. And I'm saying, no. It is more than abundant. So, so if you go abundant, you are way above what you are already. But he wants it more than abundant. Then he talks about, uh, he says that God has put within you, those who believe, the scriptures have said that, out of their belly shall flow rivers of living water. See, that is not... A lack that, uh, but a, 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 a life that is lacking. That is, it says overflowing, rivers of living water, and so on and so forth. So that, that so 
I feel like we're, we're in, in so many places, we're just settling when God has so much more. And, and so, in this scenario, we see that we, we, he's not settling for anything. He's just saying, listen, I'm going to share with everybody here. And some of them are captive audience folks. And, and, and so many have, of them have gotten saved through the ministry of Paul. And then the 14 says this, and, and, and some of the guys that were a little shy, and most of the brethren in the Lord have become confident by my chains. We were expecting something different. We were expecting that they were going to be defeated by the chains of Paul. Oh, Paul. So what am I going to do? No. But they're not, they don't find themselves there. They find themselves encouraged. They have been, been confident by his chains. I'm much more bold to speak the word without fear. If Paul is not fearful, why should I be fearful? Is what they're saying. I'm going for it. Paul is a good example. So, here you have one who is a faithful servant. A faithful servant to the Lord. Even in prison. Now, we have some examples examples like that, you know. Uh, you know, our, our friend Hannah Overton. Uh, we hope that we're going to show that uh, documentary soon um, on a Sunday night. It, it is a fairly long, so we, we're thinking, ah, maybe we bring in a little pizza or something, and you know. <laughs> and then uh, it is probably about an hour and 45 minutes long or something like that. But it is, it is something that will bless you, that documentary, because I've told you so, so much about Hannah, and, and uh, I call her Hannah, uh, same namesake of my, my middle sister. Um, and, and so, but Hannah it was initially a little bit shocked because she never expected the, the, the thing to turn out like that she, she's going to go to prison. And then, but once she got over that, then she became a minister of the gospel like you won't believe. And then now even out of prison and been exonerated of, of, of everything, exonerated. And the state actually owes her now money because they, the way they, they did their deal. Um, and now she has a ministry that ministers to women uh, in prison and that are coming out of prison on their way to regular life, so to speak. So now, now we're going to the book of Daniel. Woohoo! The book of Daniel. And I'm going to go to the book of Daniel here. And you're very familiar with these stories, but I just want to highlight a few things. Um, Daniel is a, what they call an apocalyptic writing. Uh, an ap- apocalypse is, the word means unveiling. It is an unveiling to the eyes that can see that when the world seems to be going to pot, when the land seems to be, be going to destruction, when there's great persecution among the, uh, of the Christian folks, that the apocalyptic writing is there for us to know, to see beyond that devastation, that destruction, the difficulties, that ultimately, I say ultimately with a, a grain of salt over here, ultimately God is in control and righteousness will prevail. And righteousness will prevail. So, here then we have um, 
In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came to Jerusalem and besieged it. Okay, so, and then he, he besieged it, and then he, and the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God. This is important to know because later on, when Belshazzar becomes king, uh, he, he defiles the articles of the house of God at a drunken party. And it cost him. It cost him his life. Boom. Like that. So it's important to, 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 to remember that. Which he carried in the land of Shinar to the house of, of his God. His God was not this God. And he brought the articles into the treasure house of his God. Then he goes on to say in verse 3, and we're going to walk through some of the scriptures. Then the king instructed Aspenas, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. Bring them together, and this is the instruction. Verse 4 says this. Young men in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking. Hey, that's you guys, my friends. You, you, you guys would have been chosen. Uh, <laughs> I, hope you, I hope you would act like them. Yes. Yeah. But good-looking, gifted in all wisdom. Woo! possessing knowledge and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So here, so this is what they're going to start doing, right, with these young men. They're going to, uh, how you call it, um, brains, brain wash them. They're going to uh, 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 feed them. They're going to huh, indoct- indoctrinate them. They're going to, give me another word. Huh? Y- yes. Is that here's another word? Teach. teach. Yeah, teach is another word. But they want to indoctrinate them in the things of Babylon, where Nebuchadnezzar was going to is the is the king, and they wanted to bring these sharp guys from Israel in to serve in Babylon and serve the king. And so they so they start with teaching them the language. And the literature of the Chaldeans. The Chaldeans were supposed to be, uh, supposedly, were the wisest guys in ancient times. So, this is, the indoctrination starts. And not only will they teach them the language and (coughs) the literature of the Chaldeans, but in verse 5 it says, (coughs) the king appointed for daily, he's going, they're going to feed him the king's food now. (laughs) And, they got to drink of the king's wine. Uh, the three years of training. So there's going to be a three-year period of training that they're going to indoctrinate, indoctrinate these young Israelites uh, into the ways of Babylon that King Nebuchadnezzar wants them to be like. So that at the end of the time, they might serve before the king. Yeah. Verse 6 says this. Were we not supposed to go there? Uh, well, I, 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 I may have given her. Um, uh, uh, now, they even changed their names. Yes. Now, from among those, the sons of Judah were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. Daniel, we're familiar with. And the other ones, uh, he changed. This is what the Jewish names. And he changed them to 
But to them, the chief of the eunuchs gave the names of Daniel became Belteshazzar, and Hananiah became Shadrach, and Mishael became Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. So I'm going to just call them Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, okay? That's difficult enough. Never mind, you know, the other names. Um, so we'll talk about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they even changed their names. So the indoctrination goes all the way even to their names. And you know very well that in Hebrew, the names mean something. So now he changes that, and so he wants to indoctrinate them in the ways of Babylon. Are you following me? Uh, okay. No, no problem, no problem, no problem. So, but Daniel, from the beginning, from the beginning, he purposed that he would not eat the food of the king and not drink his wine. He says, I want vegetables. And he is, and this is for, important to, 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 to remember. It says that he had, God had given him favor with the guy that was over him. God had given him favor. Often I feel like that as Christians, sometimes we are a little bit obnoxious about our faith. Is this, is this a ring a bell? Uh, I know lots of people like that. People don't like them. What, what, a, what an advertisement for Christianity they are. They go to the restaurant, people don't like them. They go to the bank, people don't like them. They are complainers, belly acres, and the rest of it. And, but, but this is not what God has for us. What God has for us is that we have favor with people. Not by compromise of our faith, but by the outworking of our faith that we are kind to people and loving and for the most part, you'll get favor with the people. It is only a few people that don't like it when you are loving and kind and friendly to them. He must want something, so I shun him. You know? But with a little bit of experience, they'll accept you, and you'll, you'll get some favor with them. So with, with the guy that he had favor with, he, the king answered and said, I know for certain that you would gain because you... Okay, it's chapter... Um, no, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good, you're good. I'll, 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 I'll go here. Of course, I can't see, so that's big help. So, then the guy that he's got favor with, he says to him, Hey, I don't want to eat the king's food. Is there a way that I can just have my vegetables? And the guy says to him, Huh, Daniel. Now you're putting my head on the line. Now you're putting me in danger. What kind of a friend are you anyways? But Daniel says to him, how about this? Let us just take a 10-day test. A 10-day test. If after the 10 days, I, I look worse, I don't look better than the guys that are drinking the king's food and, and his wine, then, okay, then we'll talk again. So this sounds reasonable to the guy. And he says, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you do it. Now, in the meantime, there's another guy that has, that has come on the scene who the head guy has put in charge of Daniel. And, um, uh, and uh, 
He says, okay, we're going we're gonna to try this. And after 10 days, Danny looks better than all of the other guys. So anyways, uh, so ultimately Daniel is then allowed to eat his, uh, his, his vegetables. And it says that we're going go to we're gonna go to verse 20. So now all the guys are before the king. The king has conversation with them. And, and huh, uh, the guys that ate the vegetables, they, they're looking pretty good. Uh, and so, and it, uh, so after he talks with the whole bunch of them, the guys that ate the vegetables are standing out, and this is what the, the opinion of the king is. And in all matters of wisdom and understanding about which the king examined them, so the king had uh, interviews with them and talked with them. Uh, he found them ten times better than all the magicians and astrologers who were in his realm. Ten times better. So that, that gets you some bonus points, right? That gets you some bonus points. So now we go to chapter 2. Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. But he can't remember his dream. Uh, anyways, it, it, it seems like that. Uh, we're not sure if, if he just is withholding the dream and wants the astrologers and sorcerers and Chaldeans to, to step up. And, and, and he's testing them. He's testing them in some way. But um, he might not even be, be remembering it. But he, this is the, this is the, the, the thing that he's say, saying to the Chaldeans and the sorcerers. And uh, do you know, know Paul, what, if, if, it's, which, if he's remembering it and he holds it, withholds it from them? Or is he just testing them or, or whatever? Um, so anyways, I, I have the understanding that he, he doesn't even remember it. <clears throat> and he tells to, the, to his wise people, he says, <clears throat> those are the sorcerers and the astrologers and the Chaldeans and so on and so forth. And he says to them, I need you to tell me my dream and tell me the interpretation of it. <laughs> and they, they didn't laugh at the king, but they wanted to. Because they say, no, we can't do that. Nobody can do that. You have to tell us the dream and then we can tell you the interpretation. No, says the king. If you don't tell me my dream and interpretation, you're going to be cut up in, in, in pieces. That's going to be a punishment. So, um, and they, they, they make their case that, you know, we, 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 only, only a God can, can do these things. And, and God is not among us over here. So, <laughs> nice confession. Um, and, and so, it's unreasonable. There's no king or ruler that asks his people uh, to remind them of a dream and the interpretation. So, and the king gives them orders to kill all these wise people, including the Jewish folks. So, he gets to Daniel, the, the head of the, uh, the executioner, gets to Daniel, and, and Daniel says, what, what? What is the rush? Uh, give me some time. And uh, 
So he, he, he's, he's, going, he's asking for the king to, uh, an audience with the king, and he goes to the king and says, give, give me some time, and I will tell you the dream and the interpretation. He goes back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, tells them the story, and says, you better pray. <laughs> Brothers, you pray. Because I have told them that I'm going to give them the, 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 the dream and the interpretation. And if, if, if you don't pray, we might all be dead together with the other guys. So where are we now? Then I went to, to his house and made the decision known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. And verse 18 says that they may, might seek mercies from the God of heaven concerning this secret. So that Daniel and his companions might, get, might not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. So then, uh, long story short, let me see if I need to give you some more details. Do I need to give you some more details? So, anyways, Daniel appears before the king and, and gives him the dream and the interpretation. And, and makes it very clear that he can do that only because God showed him. And tells them a long dream and a long explanation of the interpretation of the dream. And within the dream is actually even also uh, prophesied the, the, the rule of Jesus on earth that he's, that he's coming at the end of the, of the explanation. So we don't have time to go through that, nor do I want to go through that. It's lengthy and, and a lot, and it doesn't really um, support what I'm speaking of this morning, meaning a faithful servant. Faithful servants. Those people that hang with God even though things may be difficult. So, uh, so he interprets the dream, and then Daniel gets promoted. He gets a promotion. He gets, uh, Daniel is made a great man, and gave him many gifts, and made him ruler of the whole province of Babylon. And chief of the governors over all the wise men in Babylon. Then Daniel requested of the king, not leaving his friends out, and he said, uh, uh, to set Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego over the affairs of the province of ba Babylon, but Daniel sat in the gate of the king. So there you have it. Um, so now, King uh, Nebuchadnezzar thinks he's... he's He's pretty awesome. He's pretty good. And he is erecting a, uh, an image that is 90 feet tall. 90 feet tall is pretty tall. That is probably three times as tall as this. Is this about 30 feet at the height? Maybe something like that, 30 feet. So that's three times as tall as this. A, a tremendous image he is, he's uh, erecting. And... Um, and he, he, he writes it, uh, declares a decree that, hey, you, when, when you hear the, the music instruments, the lyre and the harps and all the instruments making noise, you, 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 you come together and you're going to be bowed before the image and worship it. Oops, to his demise. Uh, little by little. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego... They don't bow to the image. And as it goes in difficulty, 
your neighbors will tell on you, and they were looking to tell on him on them anyways because they didn't have the positions that Daniel or Shadrach, Meshach, or Abednego had. And so they are telling on them that they didn't bow before the, the image, at which they're reminding Nebuchadnezzar of the fact that you had written a decree that if you don't, you're going to be burned. So, guess what? They're called in before the king. And the king says, did you not bow? If you don't bow, then you're going to burn. And I want you to read. I want you to read some, some stuff over here because I found it so incredibly wonderful what they said. So we are looking now at three three fifteen, say. Oh, let's go to fourteen. Three fourteen. The accusation has been placed. They are called in. Then are you there at three fourteen? Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said unto them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Is it true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, uh, that you do not serve my, my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set, set up? Now, if you be ready, that at the, the time that you hear the sound of the hornpipe, lyra, uh, sackbut, psaltery, and, and uh, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, to fall down and worship the image that I have made well. Then things are well. You're okay. But if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And then the gall that he has. And who is that God that shall, you, shall deliver you out of my hand? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king. See, they weren't disrespectful. This is what I, I, I love about what happens with some of these faithful servants. They, they, don't, they don't become disrespectful to the king or, 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 or anything like that. They, they, it's not about holding signs. And they, are, they just stand their ground. They just stand their ground and let the, let the, let, let the things fall where they may. Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, my eyesight is bad. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. If it be to our soul, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. They're not backing off. They're not spiteful. They're not obnoxious, they just tell the king how it is. We're not going to worship it. And our God is going to deliver you. But, but if he doesn't, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy God, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Huh? Well, he, he, he couldn't even because he was so proudful. That's why, he, you know, he erected this image. And, uh, and he thought he was pretty good and very prideful. And so for them not to bow to his request 
is, is, is going to be deadly, as he well predicted. Um, so it goes on to say that he got upset. He was in a rage. Then Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. And the expression on his face changed towards Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. First he was sort of friendly and inquiring. Hey, are you going to bow or not? And, and when they said, I, we want you to know, we're not going to bow. Then his, his, his expression changed. Now it was not semi-friendly. Now he was in a fury. He spoke and commanded that they heat the furnace seven times more than it was usually heated. He didn't want to take any chances with this God. Heat that thing seven times more than is normally heated, and I want to see how this God is going to deliver them. And he commanded certain mighty men of valor who were in his army to bind. This is another important word, to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and cast them into the burning, fiery furnace. Three guys who were bound with their coats on and everything. And he commanded, okay, 21, and then these men were bound in their coats, their trousers, their turbans, and their other garments, and were cast in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. It was so hot that the guys that threw them in, they burned. It was so hot, seven times worse. So they, therefore, because the king's command was urgent, and the furnace exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and, 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 and they're dead. And 23 says this. And these three men, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, fell down, bound in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Bound. In their coats, bind them. Here it, it specifies again they were bound. And then they're thrown into the fire. But check this out, what is happening. They're thrown into the fire. Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished. And he rose in haste and spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said to the king, True, O king, yes. And 25, Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Hey, these guys are not bound. They're walking free over there. They may not... Did we not throw in three? I see four. And the fourth one looks like a son of God. He was right. I believe with all my heart that it was Jesus, the, the deliverer, that was walking with them. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that when you are in difficulty, you find yourself in a fiery furnace, you find yourself in difficulty, things that you think that you're not going to be able to overcome, do you think that they thought that they were going to, they were going to be delivered? Did they, did they have a chance? Did they think for one moment that maybe not? I think so. They made it clear that God is going to deliver us. But if he doesn't, we're still not going to worship. Right. We're, we're cool. We're cool with being burned for, 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 our, for our God. So he sees four men walking. And I want you to know that Jesus... If you're a believer, he's always with you. Amen. Don't forget it, my brothers and sisters. Because when we find ourselves in difficulty, we often think that we're forsaken. Where is God? He's right there. 
Matter of fact, I believe that God delights that when his children are in difficulty to show himself strong on their behalf. He's right there with you. Don't give up. He's not giving up. You might be bound by your circumstances. You might be bound by your finances. You might be bound by your relationships. You might be bound in every many number of things you might be bound. But God will lose you from those things. As only he can. And he will walk with you all the way through. And I can tell you a hundred testimonies like that only in my own life. Let alone in other people's lives. We'd be here for a whole week for me to tell you. Uh, It's amazing. But brothers and sisters, the thing that I want to put in your heart, we used the word impart the other other week, that I want to impart is that you're not afraid. Who is this God who is going to deliver you out of my hands? He's it. He is the God. And no one can bind what he declares loose. No one. No one. The Son of God is always with you. Okay. Let's see here. Where are we? Oh, I forgot. I'm just faking you. My watch is not working. (laughs) The battery. I just realized, oh, the battery is out. (laughs) I just discovered it an hour ago. So, where are we? Let's see here. Where'd it go? Okay. So, then... See, then, you see, the, the country was going to pot. Uh, Nebuchadnezzar was ruling, and, uh, and he was a, a bad dude, a prideful man, and, and so on and so forth. And then Nebuchadnezzar comes to his senses, and he says, Oh, the God that delivered you out of... No one but God could do that. No one but God do that. So, the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, he is the true God. And he's changing the rules for the land, a decree. And he gives them a promotion. So, first you throw in the fire. Seven times hotter than usual. And then now you have a promotion. That's God for you. I, um, I walked into a store of, of a friend. And the lady that was working over there, I knew her. She was a Christian lady. A little bit older than I am, which is pretty old. But, um, and he says, Kenny, would you pray? Uh, my husband is going to a meeting today with his bosses, and uh, they want him to have early retirement. But what that means is less money and just here, have a little something, and, and then go. Yeah. And... 
I say, well, let us pray because I know that if God wants it otherwise, if God wants him to, have to, wants him to go with early retirement, so be it. But if God wants it otherwise, he might actually get a raise. And when they walk out of the meeting, uh, they're wondering, who, who, who gave him a raise again? You know what? It happened just like that. I, I, I'm no prophet or whatever. But I, I was just thinking that if God wants it that way, God can do it that way. They walked out of the meeting. He had had a, he, they gave him a raise, and they were arguing over how did this happen? Who, who, whose idea was it anyways to give him a raise? So God is big. I mean, just, just, just don't shortchange him. He's big. It is an, an insult to him that we're thinking that he cannot do something. Nothing is too hard for God. Yes, nothing is too hard for God. And he writes his decree, Nebuchadnezzar the king, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied to you. Verse 5. Oh, he's, he's, here's where he's going. 21. Okay. Chapter 4. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Um, now, so, let me look here at, at my notes really quick. Okay, so Nebuchadnezzar, he has a vision. And his sorcerers, astrologers, uh, magicians, Chaldeans, they once again can solve it. He has a vision, and then Daniel comes on the scene, and um, he, he, uh, he explains the vision to him. And it says something to, the, uh, to this extent that the interpretation of the dream is that you have grown to be big and strong, Nebuchadnezzar, but God is going to cut you down. And he's going to leave a stump of that tree uh, because in, in, in due time he will restore you. But in the meantime, because you have not honored him, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, uh, using my own language here a little bit, you have not honored him, you, he's going to humble you. And you're going to live among the beasts in the field. And there's going to be dew on you. And it'd be such that you, be, you, you'll, you'll, you'll have wings like, like, like this, and you'll have claws like an eagle. And you are going to eat grass. My brothers and sisters, you know, we all need to battle against pride. Don't let pride come into your heart. God is not pleased with that. It reminds him so much of that beautiful creature, Satan, who rebelled against him. And because he was prideful thinking that he could overthrow God. What creature can overthrow the Creator? 
Don't let pride come in your heart, brothers and sisters. God hates pride. And there's nothing good that will happen with pride. I'm not talking about when I tell my son, I'm proud to be your dad. I'm not prideful in that. I just want to express to him that it is a real blessing to be your dad because you're such a great son to me. So it is not meant in, in that sense. Uh, so, but the pride that says that I'm better than such and such, I'm greater than such and such, I may be even God's blessing to God. Brothers and sisters, that's, that is dangerous territory. And I want you to know that when an, a, 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 a cow eats grass, he just stands there and eats. When a man eats grass, he has to go on his knees to eat. Okay? So, I mean, this is Nebuchadnezzar's lot that the Lord, the Lord says, hey, you're going to eat grass for a while till you come to realize who God really is. So let's read that a little bit. Okay? They shall drive you from men. Your dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And they shall make you eat grass like oxen. They shall wet you with the dew of heaven and seven times shall pass over you till you know that the most high rules in the kingdom of man and gives to whomever he chooses. Till then, you're going to eat grass. And the description, the description of the grass eater is in 33, 4.33. So after the interpretation of the dream, there was about a year's time that passed before this thing actually happened. And King Nebuchadnezzar is walking in his, hospital, in his, in his uh, 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 palace and thinking, oh, I got it made. When there comes a voice from heaven that says, you are going to be such, such and this and such. And, and so he says, and the, the very outer word, and so he says, this is what's going to happen to you. And that very hour, when the voice came from heaven, that very hour, the word was fulfilled concerning Nebuchadnezzar. He was driven from man and ate grass like oxen. His body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hair had grown like eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. Pride. What time is it? Somebody? Because I don't want to. Okay, okay, I got you. So we go. We go. And the next time we'll talk about uh, the next king, Belshazzar. Uh, as he's dealing with Belteshazzar. Uh, for his dominion is everlasting. Okay, so, so he's going to, where are we? And at the end of the time, okay, so he's going on. And at the end of the time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven. And my understanding returned to me. He was going to be restored, right? Returned to me. And I blessed the Most High and praised and honored him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. So finally he came to his senses, and he started to praise God for who he is, and started to recognize his understanding came back to him, started to recognize who God really is, and then God restored him. 
And then, then Belshazzar comes on the scene, and it seems like Belshazzar uh, is the grandson of Nebuchadnezzar, and they're doing some things together, and we'll talk about it next week. In, in the scriptures, he's called, Nebuchadnezzar is called his father, but sometimes in the scriptures, somebody's called a father when he's not really the real father. So I haven't really, um, I, I just read a comment on that, that it was actually uh, his grandfather. But anyways, that's neither here nor there really in, in, in a true sense. So there you had Paul, faithful servant. You had Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, faithful servants. You had Daniel, faithful servant. And I, I just want to encourage you to, to determine in your heart and to purpose in your heart to be forever faithful to the one and only true God, the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, I'm 71 years old. Spring chicken. I'm 71 years old. I've been a Christian since I was 25. Not once, not once has God disappointed me. I have wondered sometimes what he was up to. Yes, yes, because, you know, you know sometimes, you know, and, and then, well, God, what, what are you doing? Uh, but I, I didn't have the idea, what are you doing to me? I'm just asking, what are you doing? Because I know I'm your son, and I know it is calculated in the whole process that I'm going to make mistakes, and you're going to forgive me of my mistakes, right? Nobody is without mistakes. You're going to forgive me of my mistakes, and, and most of my mistakes, I'm not trying to make a mistake. I just made a mistake because that's how I'm built. Um, but I'm your son. So you, you're not out to harm me. You're not, uh, not out to hurt me. You're not out to put me down. You, you, you came down to lift me up. So, so then I go to the scriptures to find out, well, what is God doing? I find myself in difficulty and tremendous difficulty and then some more difficulty and I say, God, what are you doing? And he's saying through the scriptures, I'm making you stronger. Herman, come stand next to me over here. Pop that thing open a little bit and they have they have come down a little bit. He used to, he used to be a lot. Uh, how much? How much? How much did you? Four fifty-five. Four fifty-five. Five years ago. Okay. So then, when you started, how much did you do? When you started? When I first started. Seventy-five. Seventy-five. One hundred. Seventy-five. One hundred. Four fifty-five. So he didn't go from seventy-five or hundred to four fifty-five. Each time he had to put. Tell me if I'm right. Each time he had to put a little more weight. Uh, overcome it, practice that thing. Practice. And sometimes it was hard, wasn't it? Because you, you, you want to you wanna get the max. Right. Oh, 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 bam, I overcame. It was not necessarily easy. 
But ultimately, 455, friends. This is what God is doing to us. He's putting... <laughs> no, don't look at mine, okay? <laughs> get me, get, that's why I wear those long sleeves over here. Give me, give me a little bit <laughs> of slack. Now, his arms are like, sort of like my legs. <laughs> uh, so this is what God is doing to us. He makes it a little bit difficult for us, but he puts some weight on our spiritual muscle so that we can develop these muscles. So we can go from 75 to 455. But in the gym, we have no problem with it. But when it comes to God, we have problems. But your gym coach doesn't know as much about weightlifting as God knows about everything. But you trust your weight coach, <laughs> right? He says, do this, you do this. But when God says so, oh God, hmm, are, you tr- are you really right? Are you, are you sure about this? I don't think so, God. I think you missed this one. <laughs> you know, all along he wants us to be his children. To lift their vision higher. To see the glory of the Lord in the spiritual life, in the spiritual being, in the spiritual experiences here on earth. That's what he has in mind. Let us, let us stand.